Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, to Unlock the Knowledge, Season 2, Episode 22. And today, we're going to be talking about the Ninth Jedi movie. And, of course, Eckhart's Ladder's video about Kylo Ren versus Asajj Ventress versus Darth Maul versus Count Dooku. Ready up. Ready up. My destiny. Lord Dagavir is here, coming back from a hiatus from last week, giving you the knowledge you deserve, coming into the Dark Temple, visited by Mera Jade, Luke Skywalker, Kyle Katarn, and so many other Force sensitives like yourself. Thank you for coming in here on YouTube, on Anchor, on Spotify, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever the heck you're listening, baby, the modern day Sith Lord is coming in to give you the juicy tidbits you know and you want to hear about Star Wars, the galaxy we all know and love. Let's go. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, I'm always like super over the top and everything, but hey, let's go, let's go, let's talk about some good stuff. Um, and I just wanna get right off the bat um, from one of the questions that was right on Twitter uh, from this week, uh, coming in from one of the followers who enjoys Star Wars, enjoys the podcast, and uh, Revo, uh, Revox um, from Twitter, and of course the uh, Discord comes in and says, uh, rate Star Wars Visions. What would you rate Star Wars Visions out of 10? And personally, for me, I would rate Star Wars Visions out of 10. I would probably give it a 9 out of 10. Um, I don't want to be like super biased because you know I am somewhat of a weeb, uh, which means I'm very into anime. Although I have not really watched it as much in the past couple years as I did in my early 20s and earlier in my life. I really did grow up on Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z, you know, um, Yu Yu Hakusho, a lot of these other animes that were always on and, and watching and then when you got a computer you know you explored more you there was uh, always these anime sites that were showing you seasonal anime uh, and then of course there was like erase and arslan senki and code Geass, uh and then Kasher and sins you know the list just goes on attack on titan one punch man uh, and then of course in today's you know classics like demon slayer uh it's it's so incredible to see anime just continuously evolve and 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 somewhat uh, persevere and continue on extending the legacy of anime. Always growing. It is so beautiful how it saturates every single generation with some type of influential anime or show or characters, whatever it is. It's always going to be there, and that's what's so beauty beautiful about it. And Star Wars Visions is its own unique take on Star Wars anime. And it's so beautiful because anime deserves it. Star Wars deserves it. Fundamentally, Star Wars was inspired by Japanese culture. There are so many things Star Wars has adopted. Even George Lucas has harped this and echoed this so many times. And it's so great to see that we have a true vision from, honestly, w w the precursor to Star Wars. Um, and I love that so much because I think in The Mandalorian, uh, behind the scenes the, for the first season, John Favreau had said something, and I and I and please, please expose me if I'm wrong. But he had said something the, along the lines of, 
Uh, you, you can't really watch Star Wars and be inspired by Star Wars to make it Star Wars uh, because then it's just a copy of itself. You have to watch things that inspired Star Wars to really understand uh, its origins and, and how to create good Star Wars. Um, and, and he said something along the lines of that. And I feel like Star Wars Visions is giving people such a uh, true foundation to build off of. There is such a gorgeous view of so many original takes. Oh my gosh! And it's only nine episodes. Only nine episodes. And I really wish, like, I really feel like it, it, it should have been more. But hey, this is the first time. Who knows if we're going to have a, a second season, maybe even movies or something else that could uh, spread on like this and, and inspire and, and come out of this. Uh, another branch, another leaf, per se. Who knows what might sprout. And I would love to see more. Now, let's get into the juicy stuff. It's not always when I go around and talk about some versus stuff and theories and who does this and who does that and who's stronger than this. I will say, though, it is a... It is... It is a... Oh, my goodness gracious. It is a, a such a guilty pleasure for me to sit here and talk about who I feel like is the strongest Sith Lord, who I feel like is the strongest Jedi, which philosophy is, is flawed, which philosophy is omnipotent you know and and i've always enjoyed that in fact a lot of my discussion and my friendships start because i talk to people about stuff that happened outside the movies oh man like so who's this guy and who's so strong about that there was one of my friends uh, shout outs to tommy um one of my old uh, uh compatriots who we fought on the front lines of competitive gaming and did broke so many records did so many things together um, so if you're listening to this, my boy, thank you so much. Um, and that was a really great friendship because it started on Star Wars. And I remember one day when we were doing our work, doing our thing, he came up to me and he wanted to talk about Star-Lord. Excuse me, not Star-Lord. He wanted to talk about uh, Starkiller and Galen Marin. Um, and then from that on, it was like the Emperor and Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. And, and it was always like, well, what about Palpatine? How, how strong do you think Palpatine was? You know, and then I would go on and be like, well, you know... In the Phantom Menace, he was kind of strong, but then, like, you have the Phantom Menace power level of Palpatine, and then you have Revenge of the Sith level Palpatine, and then you have Return of the Jedi Palpatine, you know? And then I, you know, and I was motioning my hands, and with every single iteration of Palpatine, it would get higher and higher. And I talked about how, you know, how strong Vader was in Return of the Jedi, and, and how strong Luke Skywalker was, and how the combination between Vader and the Emperor was uh, just a giant mountain and then of course uh uh george lucas has his powers as well where like um you know luke i think is like a four or something and darth vader is like a five or a six and the emperor is like a six who's about to turn into nine um and and i always love that because that's kind of how i've always envisioned that and all and rise of skywalker just takes those power levels and just skyrockets them but what's so beautiful too is i feel like it's not just like the omnipotent right the, the almighty powerful characters that we all know and love there's so many unique takes in star wars right and one of the most intriguing characters in all of star wars and all star wars dueling is count dooku uh, a lot of people don't really understand how impressive how unique count dooku was as a duelist, uh, as a Sith Lord, yes, he was very, very. Uh, he was a, such a he was such a unique 
uh, story. He's such a unique character. How he was a Jedi, and he was, and he was practically a Jedi master. Um, and, he, and of course, he trained Qui Gon, and he was traded, and he was trained from Yoda. There's a very great canon book out there called uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, and you have not read that, you are missing out on some of the greatest story in the entire Star Wars canon. It is such a good book that goes into deep into the dark side. Uh, the character, the complex character of Count Dooku and what he has to deal with before he becomes Count Dooku of the dark side, the apprentice of Palpatine Darth Sidious. And it's so intriguing to watch him become somebody and looking around and how Yoda hasn't necessarily gotten apprentice in so long and Count Dooku is that apprentice that Yoda finally is able to cling on and I, I always kind of was uh, fascinated by Yoda's teachings because I felt like Yoda was so uh, I don't want to say abusive uh, at, like mentally but some of the ways he did things I felt like was questionable. And the first instance that I recall to my mind is when Dooku is just sitting there and begging Yoda to break out of meditation to acknowledge him. And Yoda is literally sitting there by the life tree and uh, or by the Aneti tree, I believe it. It's one of the, the main trees inside the Jedi Temple. And I remember him, uh, Yoda sitting there, and he's just so deep in meditation. Uh, and you're, I'm pretty certain he senses Dooku, little Dooku, next to him. And he's just not waking up. Like, Dooku is sitting there, hey, Master Yoda, you know? And, and he's talking to him and trying to get him up. And it's just literally his first day as his apprentice, as his Padawan, excuse me. And apprentice is more of like Sith, you know? <laughs> a, a Padawan. And. He, like Yoda's just ignoring him. It's very weird, and I remember reading it, and I thought it was just really mean. Uh, I I felt like that was just not a way to greet your first Padawan in years, you know. Uh, and I I always remember that part, and and of course I feel like it's very consistent with the faults of the Jedi Order, and, and because we all know what happens in. You know, Revenge of the Sith and the prequels, the Phantom Menace, and how what they do to Anakin Skywalker. He's the chosen one, but they don't want to train him. Uh, but they train him anyway, and then they leave his mom there to die on Tatooine because she's a slave, you know, instead of catering to everything around him and helping him uh, and catering to his mentality, you know, try and doing their best, uh, leaving every single resource, uh, you know, uh, you spare no expense, essentially, to try to get the chosen one to, to be the way he is. And if anyone's like a football fan, I feel like like you know, Anakin Skywalker is your quarterback. Why are you not getting him everything he needs so he can run the franchise? You know, and that's what I've always felt. What which was the beauty of the prequels because it really shows like how comfortable the Jedi had became into their cradle of power. Um, and then something like Darth Sidious is sitting there and just manipulating both sides of the factions. And then you're your, you know, your first round draft pick, your, essentially your chosen one, the boy that's, the, your franchise that's supposed to lead you out of all this stuff, he's the one that destroys the entire order because you all mishandled him and just really, really, <laughs> really allowed that to just blow up in your faces and everything that went wrong uh, can go wrong and it, and it went wrong, absolutely went wrong. And Count Dooku, I feel like, is another version of that. Uh, Count Dooku... Uh, man, you know he's you know he's Sereno. He's uh, he's he has to deal with everything that's going on with his home planet, 
and his and his father and and everything that's going on there and it's a neutral territory uh and then he leaves he he leaves the jedi order you know and there's a lot of things in that book that show the issues with the jedi order and i remember one of them was one of the jedi masters at the time i think had a child and she was hiding it and she got into some really dirty dealings because she was trying to hide the fact that she had a kid and she did some pretty terrible things out of fear because she felt like the jedi order would outcast her and see her as an enemy and i remember yoda was talking about it and you know he was like no 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 she should have told us we could have helped her and i think it was count dooku and qui-gon i don't know if qui-gon was there in that part of the story yet but qui-gon like looked at yoda and he was like really you you really would have helped her uh you know and he's he, he's someone in disbelief you know and and i felt the same way i was like no you would not and and because that's not what the Jedi Order is built off of. The Jedi Order um, wants you to to not be human. It doesn't want you to have emotions. You know, it's um, and and of course not. That's not saying it doesn't want you. It's just the way they kind of toy around this idea of harmony and connection and attachment. You know, um, it's it's a finite border. It's a very finite line that you can't pass and it's dancing around honestly the <laughs> the inconsistencies of the order the flaws of the entire belief of the jedi order which is undoubtedly it's their undoing and which that's why i feel like the jedi's is the jedi's code as well as the sith code you know they're both flawed in their own way uh what is the true embodiment of the force well i don't think we know that yet uh, you know we only understand what we've been giving from star wars and you know maybe we'll see a true depiction of that later of course um everybody talks about a gray jedi but a, a gray jedi doesn't really work the high republic has um i think it's Wayseekers uh or, or force uh, there's a there's a certain type of name for them and they're kind of run on the cusp of the dark side and the light side uh and it's it's a little more hard difficult to understand what really they are i don't think we've had a true definition i think it's only true speculation right now um, and if you haven't read of that please go in uh, but let's get to the actual nitty-gritty of this i believe a majority of the fan base has proclaimed count dooku the winner of a duel between Kylo Ren, Asajj Ventress, Darth Maul, and Count Dooku. I, I feel I, at first I thought I was in the majority, but it seems like I'm definitely in the minority here. And I think Kylo Ren would beat every single one of those characters. Uh, I was talking to Element very briefly about this, and of course, Element Seven—he's you know one of the most intelligent Star Wars creators out there—and um, he kind of said something really quickly uh, that uh, somewhat uh, disapproved what I had said, and it was about power, and power isn't always um, so set in stone um, that it's not—it's so—it's—it's it's not so consistent with a lot of these. Um, situational verses and and i understand that as well because the only other person that's winning this is count dooku because of who count dooku is count dooku he created his own form his own lightsaber that also benefited his form as a duelist 
There's a reason why Count Dooku was who he was. This person was trained by Yoda. This person trained Qui-Gon Jinn, who trained Obi-Wan Kenobi, who trained the Chosen One. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and Anakin Skywalker are almost family to him in a sense, a generational family, you know, like grandfather or grandkids in, in essence, because that's who they were. And in Legends, Count Dooku's character is very complex. He does not like killing Jedi. He somewhat opposes it because he sees them as brothers. He does not want to do that. And and I feel like uh, Attack of the Clones also kind of shows you a little bit of that because he feels like Qui-Gon Jinn would have signed, sided with him in the conflict and what's going on with Palpatine. I personally don't think that's true. I, I don't think Qui-Gon Jinn would have liked any of that. I mean, he didn't even like the Jedi uh, as it was, and he, and he felt like there was a lot of issues because of who the Jedi had become in the prequels. Um, that's why you see him go out of his way to uh, get Anakin. And, and try to train Anakin because he believes he's the chosen one. He's following way more of the Force in his heart than anything else, which I feel like is more so true of a Jedi. And he might be the true, uh, I guess you could say, embodiment um, and greatest representation of what a Jedi should be. Um, and there's still flaws around that too because Qui-Gon Jinn didn't, uh, wasn't able to, uh, per se, free Shmi Skywalker, even though he really could have, he really could have if he really wanted to, uh, but I don't know. You know what? What would have that caused? What would he have uh, rules he would have had to break, and what code? Uh, you know, there's just a lot of things that I feel like really conflict with something like that. Now, Asajj Ventress and Darth Maul. Asajj Ventress is not someone who should be taken lightly. Um, although I believe she is the lesser trained um, and experienced of the two. She has fought a lot of people um, and she's beaten her fair share. I mean, she's fought Anakin Skywalker. She's fought, she's fought Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, she's fought Count Dooku. She's fought Quinlan Vaz. She's fought, she's fought so many people. Um, but I believe, although she's more experienced than a lot of fighters that we've seen, say, in the sequel trilogy, I still don't feel like she has enough wins under her belt to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of us, the three, one of the, some of the three that's, like, most incredible duelists of that era, which is Darth Maul. And Darth Maul, by far, is someone who should be worried about the most because of the different styles that he has. He is a master in practically every form of lightsaber form, especially going into the movie of The Phantom Menace, where he, he you know, he also went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, and Qui-Gon Jinn was nobody that should be snarked at or looked over in any way, shape, or form. Um, if Qui-Gon Jinn defeats Darth Maul in that episode, the entire prequel trilogy is different. Darth Maul essentially caused this all by himself because he killed Qui-Gon Jinn and of course Obi-Wan Kenobi was given the responsibility to train Anakin Skywalker and it turned out very differently than I feel like it would have turned out with Qui-Gon Jinn training Anakin Skywalker. 
Why? Because Qui-Gon Jinn was trained by Count Dooku and there was a great many things different between Obi-Wan Kenobi's training towards Anakin Skywalker than would have been with Qui-Gon Jinn's. Uh, one of the things I remember was also from the Count Dooku book that I referred to earlier in the podcast, and that was Qui-Gon Jinn witnessing Count Dooku shock himself a crazy amount, nearly to death, to the point where Count Dooku was trying to show him through pain tolerance through the Force. And I felt like it was kind of borderline dark side. It was one of those things where I don't think the Jedi Council would have proved of this method or this manner of teaching. And there were other forms and things that happened as well that Qui-Gon learned with Count Dooku because it was Count Dooku. Uh, but this was one of those things. And I feel like, not to say that Qui-Gon would have done some terrible things, uh, but one of the coolest things I remember is uh, from the old Clone Wars uh, Samurai Jack-esque, the one that's just recently was put onto Disney+, Plus, where he takes Anakin Skywalker to the, ca to the uh, cave on Dagobah. You know, I, I, that's uh, that's incredible. That's a that's a dark side origin. You know, that's that entire. Uh, it's like a Dyson sphere of dark side aura, um, and I, I feel like that would have been the start of Anakin Skywalker really showing what he was able to do and embody the Force. Um, I don't know what type of Anakin Skywalker we would have had. But I think he might have had greater surroundings around him to deal with what he was struggling with. You know, visions of his mother dying, visions of Padme dying. Um, I just really feel like it would have turned out differently. Maybe he would have. Maybe he would have left the Jedi Code, and maybe he would have left the Jedi Code with uh, abandoned the Jedi Order with. Qui-Gon Jinn as well. Uh, there's a lot of things that I feel like I talked about, and that's honestly a podcast in itself. Um, but Count Dooku, I feel like, if, if Kylo Ren is not in this fight, I feel like Count Dooku wins. Count Dooku was, is so strong, because he's been able to fight Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, who they, they are who we think they are. That is the Chosen One, and the trainer of the Chosen One. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know? And he essentially 2v1s them all throughout the era of the Clone Wars. Handedly, does it with one arm behind his back. And I'm not joking, that's what that's literally his style. Um, but there are times too where someone like Anakin Skywalker gets the best of Count Dooku. Uh, and I feel like at times Count Dooku struggles with aggressive, overwhelming styles, which is why we see him get absolutely toppled against uh, Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, when he's talking and, and he's taunting to uh, Anakin Skywalker, that last little bit there lasts for like six seconds, and then Count Dooku is no longer in the movie. Um, now, I know a lot of people were like probably thinking like, well, you know, that's not really true because, you know, he wants to take, he, he's working with Palpatine to bring Anakin Skywalker to the downside, to the dark side. Yes, that is true. Uh, but in that moment where Count Dooku is finally realizing that Anakin Skywalker is going to kill him, um, and then he senses that there is a storm, Anakin Skywalker is a storm, uh, I think he realized that there was no chance that he stood. 
even if he was going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe full at full power I just feel like Anakin Skywalker's potential in the Force and who he was, I just I would take Anakin Skywalker over Count Dooku any day, twice on Sunday because football. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just I, that's the way I feel that right, and so that's how I base this off. So we have uh, we have Darth Maul. Okay, and let's think about what Darth Maul has done. Okay, well, he, he killed Qui-Gon Jinn, he almost killed Obi-Wan Kenobi in The Phantom Menace, but I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi in The Phantom Menace is nowhere near as strong as he is in Revenge of the Sith. And I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi um, is still quite potent and maybe even a little bit more powerful by the time of A New Hope. Um, let's say Star Wars Rebels, Twin Sons, right? Um, I feel like he's stronger there. And to back that the to back that theory up as well, look how easily he disposed of Darth Maul in that frame. It's it's three it's three frames, three moves, and the match is done. Um, of course, that's also very subjective and specific towards Darth Maul because Obi Wan Kenobi knows Darth Maul so well. It's it's literally his rival since the beginning of practically their times. You know, they've known each other for a very long time. And Obi-Wan Kenobi could have easily gotten the best of him because of their experiences and how many times they cross-played, how many times they've known each other. Uh, you know, who knows what Obi-Wan Kenobi was uh, seeing in, in visions and whatnot to prepare him for that. Um, and I feel like, yeah, sure. But I feel like the experience of Obi-Wan Kenobi and how great of a duelist uh, Darth Maul was, uh, it's just a little, uh, it's just too much, too, too much overwhelming for Darth Maul. And I feel like the same can be said for Asajj Ventress. Asajj Ventress could, could put up a good fight, but I feel like at the end of the day, uh, Darth Maul is besting her. Count Dooku is besting her because Count Dooku practically trained her. Um, and, and even if the, even if she is stronger um, because, uh, of course, that we've seen in the, uh, in her last novel, um, who she becomes, what she's dealing with, um, and, and who she turns into, um, I still feel like Count Dooku is able to, uh, to beat her. Maybe, you know, he's a little tired at the end of that match, you know, maybe he's exhausted, but, but he's still, he's still winning. Now, I haven't talked about one person here, and it's Kylo Ren. Uh, and the reason why I really haven't talked about Kylo Ren too much is because um, Kylo Ren probably has the least experience out of all of them. Um, but Kylo Ren's resume, um, I feel like, speaks for itself, despite him not really having anybody. Uh, he's a Skywalker descendant. Uh, uh, to go on, you know, he's also... Master of the Knights of Ren, uh, and he absolutely destroys Ren as soon as he turns to the dark side. You know, this is someone who he didn't really stand a chance against Luke Skywalker, um, but I feel like Ren was up there. I feel like Ren was probably almost as strong, or maybe just as strong as someone like Darth Maul, uh, maybe a little weaker than Count Dooku. Um, of course, we don't have really anything to back that up aside. Of course, he's the leader of the Knights of Ren. Uh, but uh, I feel like 
there was a certain strength because even Luke, as strong as he was, he kind of knew how strong Ren was. Um, and I feel like that's a great measuring stick because Luke Skywalker at that time is one of the most powerful force sensitives in, in the entire timeline, you know? Um, and I feel like Kylo Ren handling Ren the way he did uh, with that power and that potency and it's only like really like, I think it's like two or three pages of the comic book uh, where he ends up killing uh, Ren. Uh, and uh, to, to also further this, did we watch Rise of Skywalker? Did we watch Rise of Skywalker? Did we see Rey versus Kylo Ren? And did we see Rey versus Kylo Ren multiple times? The first time, of course, um, is is when they're on, uh, was it Kamiji? I think it's called. I think that's what, that's, I always get that planet messed up. I don't know how to say it. And, you know, they're inside their little dyad and they're fighting. And Kylo Ren just looks like he's toying with Rey the entire time while talking to her, you know, interrogating her, talking about where they are, where she is, and how she, you know, she can't avoid him, and, and they're going in and out and in and out, and he's just kind of just messing around. It looks like he's just sparring. He's not really fighting. But the real interesting fight is, of course, on the Death Star. What does he say? What does he say when he finds her? One way or another... Or the only way you're getting to Exegol is with me. Right? So what happens? They fight. And they're on the wreckage. And the water, the, the, the whole entire water is so powerful that it's making Rey jump. And what does Kylo Ren do? Kylo Ren is, is, is matching her. It's, it's, a, it's, it's literally a fight of anything you can do, I can do better. Okay, and we need to know who Rey Skywalker is. Rey Skywalker is one of the most powerful people in all of Star Wars. She is extremely strong, you know? Uh, of course, she doesn't really have a lot under her belt, but the Praetorian Guards are so strong from The Last Jedi. I even believe that the, the Last Jedi novelization um, and the way they describe the entire throne scene was so beautiful because Rey is sensing the Praetorian Guards. And she knows, and I think Kylo Ren even says, like, you know, some of these guys are stronger than I am. So that says a lot. But now Last Jedi Kylo Ren is a different beast from Rise of Skywalker Kylo Ren. And Rey is sitting there in that throne room, and she's kind of like scouting, almost like Dragon Ball Z. And she feels every single power level of all these, but then there's something darker. There's something more powerful. There's something there that is feasting upon this energy in the room and she's following that she's following that aura she's following that trail and then she finds it and it's kylo ren kylo ren is the one that she was sensing kylo ren is the one that's aura masks over everybody else because how much he's so into the fight and that was in the last jedi and they t and they they went in and they went ham with all of those praetorian guards Right? They did super well to the point uh, they both were standing tall at the end of that. Now, let's pause and go, let's, let's fast forward and go back to our, uh, our fight with Rise of Skywalker. So, uh, Kylo Ren is, is, is fighting Rey. And it seems like they're quite equal. But then Rey jumps over the wave. And then Kylo Ren jumps over the wave and further than she does. Now, 
Ray is trying to fight him um, in front of him and, and push him back. But then he's kind of like twirling around and he does all the stuff. And and then it seems like uh, she's 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 slowly starting to realize that she's outmatched, you know. And then of course, what does she do again? She jumps even further this time because there's a larger wave coming. And then what does Kylo Ren do? Kylo Ren walks through the wave. Okay. And so now, what do you have? He does his reverse grip, and this man is like, nah, 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 girl. <laughs> you coming in my ride. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is like, you don't realize at the time of the fight that he is pushing her, to, uh, he's pushing her to his silencer. He's, the homeboy is bringing Ray, his girl, to his car. Cause she, he's about to take her for a ride to Exegol, baby. So, and then of course they go and then, you know, she she force pushes his lightsaber, you know, and then, and then he like moves it away and then she tries to hit him and then he does the same thing. You know, see, it, it's, it's, that's what I call flexing. You know, oh, you can do that? Well, I can do that too. Oh, you can do that? Well, I can do it even better. You know, and then and then he hits his lightsaber down, pins hers down, and she can't move. You know, and then it gets to the point where she's she's shaking her hand off. You know, she's shaking her hand off and looking at her hand like uh, as if like she didn't put a shock rubber st uh, a point at the end of her lightsaber because every time she, uh, she clashes sabers with Kylo Ren, it's it's shocking her hand to the point because because the blows are so hard. And then of course. You know, uh, you know, he's just kind of sitting there, like, you know, like, you're nothing, you know, your power is nothing, realize this. And then what happens, you know, two or three strikes, and then, you know, she's on the ground looking up, and she's practically screaming, almost as if, like, like, he's going to finish her off. You know, and she screams, if you go back and watch that, she screams like she thinks that she's about to die. And I felt like that duel right there really showed you enough on how strong Kylo Ren is. Kylo Ren is a brute. He is a tank man. It does not matter who is in front of him, whether it's the duel, whether it's the, the, the staff, blade, Darth Maul, whether it, if it is the vengeance, hungry, Asajj, vengeance, t uh, tying, uh, Asajj Ventress, trying to take back and win her love, Quinlan Vos, and protect him, whether she's trying to prove herself that she is a strong Sith Lord, whatever version of herself, what even if it is Count Dooku in his prime, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with his master lightsaber in his unique form, I do not think any of them could withstand the power and the durability of Kylo Ren. Because Kylo Ren is just so stubbornly strong that he, this man literally went to extensive lengths to outperform Darth Vader because it was his greatest fear of not being better or as strong as Darth Vader. And you cannot tell me with a straight face that Asajj Vendris Darth Maul and Count Dooku, all three of them in a in a four v four. I'm sorry, in a in a in a in a four in a fatal four way. Would would come out on top of Darth Vader, if they're not beating Darth Vader, they're not beating Kylo Ren. And I feel like at that that 
makes enough sense to me. Because this that was Anakin Skywalker. No, that was Darth Vader, the Chosen One, because he's still the Chosen One. And that's not to say Darth Vader would lose to Kylo Ren. I do believe that I, I do believe that that Darth Vader would <laughs> would would put in the work. Uh, but I also believe that Kylo Ren is also just too durable. And I believe because he has all of his limbs, um, he has a he has a larger advantage over Darth Vader, um, because Darth Vader is still more machine, um, and I feel like that would be his weakness undoubtedly in that fight. Uh, but maybe I mean maybe if maybe if it's a younger Count Dooku, um, I I want to say if he's a younger Count Dooku, you know, and and uh, and he goes on against like. The Force Awakens, Kylo Ren, um, maybe even the Last Jedi, Kylo Ren. I think I think Count Dooku can win. I think Count Count Dooku can win that, but I don't think uh, against Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. I don't think so. Uh, I think he's too strong. I think he's too powerful. I think he's way too durable. I think Kylo Ren walks out of here uh, with bruises. Uh, with bruises, but he's walking out, and and he's gonna just continue doing his thing. That's how I feel. Uh, I'm sorry. I just I I can't, I can't. I mean, I can't see it otherwise until like uh, someone someone can prove to me that like in the Rise of Skywalker, Kylo Ren and Rey are not as strong as I feel like they're being portrayed. Um, and un until then, I just feel like. A lot of people in the Clone Wars era of Star Wars are are going to struggle against Kylo Ren and Rey uh, and Luke uh, of that time. I just think that they are way too strong, way way too strong. So that says about that. That's uh, 37 minutes in, um, and I hope you all enjoyed that. <laughs> um, I, if not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I wasted your time. But let's go ahead and talk about. Um, one of the most unique and beautiful things that we've seen in Star Wars Visions, and that is the Ninth Jedi. Um, I would love to talk, I think I'm going to talk about a lot of this stuff later because I have a review coming out uh, later, which is uh, going to be pretty sick, and that's going to just uh, basically cover everything, everything, everything of, of Star Wars Visions and then its entire review. And now, why am I talking about the Ninth Jedi? Well, the Ninth Jedi is, in my opinion, it is the best episode of Star Wars Visions. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean it's your favorite? No, 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 it's not my favorite. Um, because I love, I just love so many so much. Um, and I can't really put one over the other. Um, but I do believe that... Uh, man, I, I do believe that from a Star Wars standpoint, the Ninth Jedi could be in Episode 10. It can be an official movie of Star Wars. The entire basis of The Ninth Jedi is so well done. And I was watching the behind the scenes for this specific extra for the episode, and apparently they had two stories that they were trying to do, and Lucasfilm only offered them, I think it was 15 minutes. Um, and then Lucasfilm had, uh, I think after that, uh, you know, because I don't know how these things work, but I'm assuming it's over time and you get updates and you have deadlines. Uh, and Lucasfilm was so impressed with their world building and these characters and they saw how much, how much energy and time they were putting into all of it 
And Lucasfilm said, well, what if we give you a little bit more time? You know, how about this? Yeah, instead of 15 minutes, we're going to up the, uh, the, the max amount of minutes that we've given you. Um, and that they were just so compelled by their world building and their concept art. Uh, because I believe the studio had two stories that they wanted to do. Uh, and because they had more time, they allowed themselves to fit both the stories into one story. And if you have not seen The Ninth Jedi, um, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I understand, too, that there's a lot of people out there that do not love anime. But let me tell you this. Don't think of it as anime. Think of it as moving concept art for Star Wars and a Star Wars episode. This is probably the most raw version of an idea of Star Wars, a concept of Star Wars that you rarely ever get. It's something that so many people will never get to see. This is the opportunity that Disney gave us when they claimed the license for Star Wars. This is what we wanted. Opportunity, inspiration, foundation to build off of, to plant the seeds of Star Wars, sprouting, saturating the entire generation by generation, years and years of new story and new content and new shows. That is exactly why the opportunity and uh, the entire idea of Disney was so beautiful because they would give us these opportunities, these chances to see more Star Wars. It is such a beautiful take. It is such an original take on Star Wars. I, I'm so uh, almost like overwhelmed at the fact that we haven't seen more of this, you know? I can't believe that it's taken us to 2021 when the license of Star Wars was what? 2013? 2014? Or something like that? Um, let me see. Actually, I want to research that right now. When did Disney buy Star Wars? I think it was like 2012. Yeah, 2012, okay? So, it's almost a decade, ladies and gentlemen, apprentices and acolytes. It is almost an entire decade. And we finally have official Star Wars anime. You know? Uh, and... It's sad. Um, but at least we have it now. At least we have it now to the point that we can watch it over and over and we can expect things more. Because you know what the most beautiful thing about this, uh, before I tell you about the, just the most beautiful things about this entire uh, Ninth Jedi, is the studio themselves had said in the extra is like, I want to see a next chapter. I want to see where the story ends these characters and the story but it's up to the fans and if they want it so I, I at the very least if you have Disney Plus if you haven't had Disney Plus if there's somebody out there that in your family that you have it go to their house ask for their password just watch it watch it get invited to the Disney party plus thing I think that's what it is it's like you can invite like uh, your family or something and 
just watch that episode if you're not that big into Star Wars. It's only going to take about 18 minutes, 18 to 20 minutes or something. Just watch it. Enjoy it. I don't want you to uh, to focus on uh, whether it's a cartoon or whatnot. I want you to focus on the elements of Star Wars. I want you to focus on the world. I want you to focus on the characters. I want you to focus on Star Wars. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. It is Star Wars. And now I'm going to have to go back and watch it. <laughs> because uh, I love it. And, and I want you to hear what that studio said about how they want to see the story continue. There wasn't a lot of people that said that. There wasn't a lot of people that, that really iterated that um, or expressed that. You can tell through their, uh, through their love for Star Wars because a lot of them talk about the excitement and how they all saw Star Wars when they were little. Um, and now, you know, oh, this is Star Wars and they couldn't say no and how Star Wars is their culture and they wanted to represent it well um, and work on it. Uh, but it's one thing where a studio literally says, listen, we want to keep doing this, but the only way we can keep doing this is if you like it and if you ask for it. Um, like, like who, who has said that when they worked on stuff, especially through Star Wars? Because Star Wars is such a huge responsibility. There, there's so many ways it can go wrong. There's so many, there's so much backlash, you know? And I feel like when someone is there that is that talented, that literally says, well, you know what? Um, I worked my butt off and it was really hard, but you know what? If they gave me an opportunity, I'd do it again and again and again. Like that is somewhat, if I'm working at Lucasfilm, which is not, I'm not working at Lucasfilm, <laughs> um, but on ice and I, and I was right there recording all that, I would have been like, bruh, fam, listen, here's, here's the budget. Go ham, make, make it for us. Make an anime series. Nah, you know what? Give us, give us your, give us your first episode. Man, what if they did this? Okay, give us episode, or what if we did something else? Right? We don't call it episode. Okay. Let's call it uh, volume, or, or or something else. Right? Um, let's call it legend instead of legends. I don't know. That might even be too confusing. Um, uh, let's call it that, all right? Star Wars um, volume, Star Wars something, Star Wars, I don't know, another thing, another thing for episode or uh, Star Wars, <laughs> what, Iliad or or something, Origin, I don't know. I, I can't really figure it out, but Star Wars something, and it's an animated movie. Like, uh, like an official animated movie. I think that'd be really cool. You know, because you can take it any way you want to take it. You can take it as a, you know, as just another cartoon, or you can take take it as an episode of, of Star Wars. You know, um, and I would be I would be cool. I don't think it would be like episode nine or ten or anything like that. Um, but I, I I feel like um, I really do feel like it could it could be. Uh, something big, maybe even an entire anime series. Although there's a couple um, shows in this entire thing that I feel like deserve to be anime series in themselves. <clears throat> um, but I would love to see more. Lightsabers changing depending on the person's connectivity to the Force. Um, Jedi uh, and Sith 
Um, you know, Sith, and the Sith seem so bountiful. There's there's a plethora of Sith out there, and they're trying to find the Jedi, and the, but the Jedi that are left are quality Jedi. You know, very powerful, understanding everything, and um, and I and I and I appreciated that in this, um, but also, but also one of the most um, intriguing aspects of this is, of course. the lightsabers and the 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 lightsaber uh blacksmith per se who has the ability to create lightsabers and he is in a jedi um but he is force sensitive which was pretty cool because you see him he uses two minutes to deflect the uh the blaster bolt which blows up his entire um chamber and then of course i don't know if it's his daughter or or whatnot um and, and he heads out, and uh, and and, our, and he warns his daughter to go out and deliver these lightsabers. Um, like I, when I was watching it, like um, you know, they even like take components of Ray's theme from The Force Awakens, and they use it uh, a part as if it's 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 one its own uh, part of of that episode. That. Like, that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's truly gorgeous. Um, and I've always appreciated that the most. So, another aspect, too, is the... I, I talked about this in another podcast on Evo's um, gaming channel for Force Friday on Twitch TV. So, go 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 follow him uh, with SodaFam and everybody else. And I loved the ambient shots of the world building where these... Uh, structures of construction were uh, these almost like giant cranes slingshotted into the stratosphere into into space and caught what looked to be uh, kyber crystals from asteroids and you know that was something that I felt like yeah I felt like that was so Star Wars. There's so many aspects of that that I felt like come to, come from Star Wars. Um, uh, one of them is from The Force Awakens, where Rey is driving by the Star Destroyer, and you see it just sitting there. Um, the other one, of course, is uh, Tatooine um, from you know A New Hope and Attack of the Clones, where Anakin Skywalker drives off. And he's looking for his mother, and you know he goes and talks to the Jawas, uh, Mandalorian, of course, which is also really good, and that's on Tatooine as well, where the Banthas are there, and then you see him eating with the Banthas, and just kind of going off and seeing anything. Uh, th th it, there's just so much ambience, um, and I felt like at th this entire studio just got it, like they just really, really understood. Uh, a lot of these episodes were. Uh, people's one chance to really just do whatever they wanted to and make their own Star Wars thing. Um, and a lot of them were, um, all of them were great. I don't think there was one bad one. Um, because, yeah, sure, there was some that I didn't necessarily like. But that doesn't mean it's bad in any way, shape, or form. There was just, this one um, just stood out to me amongst the rest in terms of, could I sit down and see this on the big screen? I love I love so many other ones, and I in fact I've 
even watched a few of them way more than this one. Um, but I haven't... But, but I just don't feel like a lot of them could be on the big screen um, in like a full movie budget directed episode for Star Wars, but this one could because of how magical it was. You know, and it, it was so uplifting. Um, even when there was bad things happening, it was just... You felt good watching it. Uh, you really felt like there was a world here. Uh, the look of their of the Jedi's uh, base or temple, I guess you could say, um, the way it almost looked like an upside down lightsaber hilt, uh, like there was so many things. Th like I said, the world and those droids that were sitting there, and when she was trying to find a pilot, um, the. The escape scene where she's running away and she's on her speeder and she's deflecting blaster bolts from the bounty hunters um, that are trying to fire off um, her lightsaber going in and out in transparency because she doesn't really know who she is yet and the, or the lightsaber doesn't really know who she is yet and she's still connecting to the kyber crystal. Uh, the the one character that was. Um, initially he had a red lightsaber because he was consumed by the dark side that was influencing everybody uh, uh, that that essentially influenced him because of the of the overlapping dark side energy that was around him from all the other Sith Lords that were there and acolytes um, and then of course uh, when the Jedi Master was there he snapped out of it and his uh, lightsaber turned purple um, there's just so many good aspects um, that can be built off of or polished into something so beautiful. And and I would, I really like, I wouldn't really even change anything. Uh, maybe like some minor adjustments here, you know, uh, maybe not make the lightsabers change so frantically. I would probably make it a little bit more subtle. Um, and then maybe uh, I want to. I, I would say like, uh, you know, just like little things: the attire, the droid, um, the like the Jedi Master popping out of the droid, the appearance of the Jedi Master himself with his mask and everything, which is cool because he kind of looked like a Sith Lord. But I like that um, because it, that's all like the anime aesthetic. You know, it has to be that way in my opinion to really be anime. Um, but a lot of that is so can so can be so easily translated into movie movie quality and they did it right uh, the basis of the story of years and years and lightsabers being practically uh, all but extinct you know an idea uh, and although there's and that's what's also so beautiful too is like lightsabers don't exist uh, but the force does the force is still there you know, so the, the idea of a Jedi, the idea and the belief of a Sith and the code is, is all still there. It's intact. Um, and they've <laughs> persevered through years and years of almost extinction. And they're still around. They're still doing their thing. I feel like that universe is so compelling to sit in. That was just incredible to watch. And I would love to see some version of an animated movie or an animated uh, series, you know? What about that? I think that would be cool. The first ever 
Star Wars canon anime on Disney Plus. A series, anime series on Disney Plus. Yeah, Star Wars Visions is technically the first, but like a true episodic weekly released Star Wars anime. You know? And there's a couple others that are worthy of that too. Uh, the Elder and the Duel. Easily, easily, easily. Um, and the way the Village Bride ends, I can see that as well. Um, but the Ninth Jedi is just... It's right. And it's, and it's some of the best Star Wars. Like this, it's some of the best Star Wars ever. Ever, 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 ever. Thank you so much for coming over to Unlocked Knowledge. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, this is episode uh, 22 of season 2. Uh, if you would love to follow me more, please go ahead and follow me on Twitter. I'm always talking about Star Wars on Twitter. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please go ahead and do it. It's so it's so fun. It's so fun. I love all the apprentices and acolytes that come in and ask me questions and watch the uh, shows. Please go ahead and do it, alright? Thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate it. I'll see you around in the stream. And don't forget, this is the Dark Temple, visited by Mera Jade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyla Katar, and so many of the Force sensitives like yourself. I am Lord Dagavir, giving you the knowledge. I hope you enjoy this episode of Unlocked Knowledge. I'll see you around. Deuces.